Hey guys, welcome into the Corked Up Podcast. I'm Jack. He is Frank. Uh, are we? We're we're waiting on our new name, right? We're waiting on the name. I think for the next couple of episodes, we can say like, "Welcome you to the what? podcast, formerly known as." How about this? We're go. I'm 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 taking a week off to enjoy my honeymoon at the end of the month. When we come back in May, I think we're gonna have a new name. New name for this podcast. We've decided. That's a good. We're yeah, trademarking. So we don't get, you know, no one's coming after our royalties. I don't want to hear anything about, well, I told you that name. No, I don't care. All right. You didn't say it in any recorded and, format. And you're you're listening to this and you know who, exactly who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> you know exactly who you are. And Frank and told probably, me to say probably, that. You're probably working out in the living room, hitting a squat or something because you do legs three times a week. And just know, I know you're listening and you're getting zero royalties from this podcast. And Frank told me to reiterate that. So don't think it's a me thing. I'm spineless. <laughs> uh, so no. So um, we, uh, we're we coming up on the draft, Frank. And we haven't really done a whole lot of draft content. We, we really wanted to, um, you know, like I said, we got three more episodes before we have a, uh, either a week break or Frank's going to, you know, maybe maybe carry you guys through the draft. Just uh, maybe go over some of the high-profile picks that the, the the Bears decide to do. If it's anything worth talking about, if it's a you know wide receiver, you know I think that might be something worth just jumping on, talking about. Or if something you know crazy happens in the draft, like we've seen throughout the rest of this offseason, um, you know we'll definitely make sure to bring that to you. But over the next couple of weeks, we are going to do some more draft stuff uh, with. You know, some of a focus on on the Bears, but also we wanted to talk some, you know, fantasy football, some dynasty football as well. Um, you know, we have a lot of listeners in dynasty leagues, whether it's one, two, three, four or five, because, uh, Frank, you know, a lot of heathens that just spend all their money, all their hard earned money on on <laughs> dynasty football. And it's it's an epidemic and it's something that we're here to stop. That that's true. It, it, it's honestly something that everyone needs to be here to stop. People need to fucking relax. So uh, we are going to give you some advice for your uh, degenerate nature uh, and, and talk some uh, some some rookie quarterbacks. Uh, we're going to rank them now, Frank. We didn't really have a, 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 a clear criteria. So so our rankings may differ a little bit. Maybe, you know, Frank looked at it. Oh, in the NFL, this is how I'd rank them. Whereas I might be like in fantasy, you know, this is how we rank them. Um, to be honest, like I think Frank and I have very similar thoughts about this quarterback class. Uh, it's definitely not. It's not as good as last year's. Does that mean that there aren't start startable quarterbacks, whether it's in the NFL, the actual NFL or in fantasy? No, I don't think that. I think people have blown that way out of proportion. Do I think people are going to come in and, and just take over the league like Joe Burrow, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, Mac Jones to a certain extent? No, I, I don't think that. I still think there's some really good prospects here, though. And I know quarterbacks are, are always in high demand, whether you're in a regular league, a super flex league, all that good stuff. So, Frank, let's um let's just dive right in. Um, Let's uh let's start with your because we did one, two, three, four, five. Who is uh who is your number five quarterback? Number five for me, and quite honestly, it's it's kind of a distant number five. Like if he goes in the first round, it's gonna be, I think, a team at the beginning of the second trading up to try to, you know, get a quarterback. But it was Sam Howell for me. Um I I don't know. There's this like 
it, it just seemed like anytime, and this is just, let, let me preface and say, this was my film viewing. I took a my first real deep dive because I don't watch college sports live. I, I find them to be atrocious. But what I love to do is dive in. <laughs> <laughs> what I love to do is dive in to the tape because I am a degenerative dynasty football and I sort of put my rankings together and try to like nab people up, you know, in our drafts. Um, so I, I'm basing it off of my criteria and what I'm seeing in the film that I'm breaking down. What I saw was a lot of post-snap confusion, which to me is something that translates directly, especially very early on. It's not to say people can't work hard to change that, but that's what you see a lot of that uh, either translate in the negative or the positive uh, in the NFL, because that's what you're going to see the most. The NFL has way more disguised coverages. The NFL has a lot more post-snap than pre-snap reads and things of that nature. Unless you're Peyton Manning and you've like mastered like, oh, he twitched his left shoulder. So he's the mic. You know what I mean? Like, unless you get to that level, which not very many people do, that post-snap, like understanding what you're seeing post-snap is huge in the NFL. And I thought that was a huge issue for him. Um, you couple that with like not the strongest arm, pretty mobile. I, I mean, it felt like, I felt like I was looking at almost like a guy who was built like Baker Mayfield, but, you know, threw the ball like Mitchell Trubisky. And I don't think those are two good combinations of, of quarterback that you want. I will say this, though, and maybe this is way wild, and you tell me, but he he's a compact type of runner type. I, I could see him being a backup quarterback and almost playing like a goal line Taysom Hill type of role because he lowers it. He welcomes contact. I'll give him that. He's a tough, tough player. And I think that could be his immediate impact on the league. But I just don't, I don't see him as any sort of long-term starter. Who was your five? My, my number five was, uh, was Sam Howell as well. Um, Biggest reason being, I just felt like I was watching Baker, Baker light, like just Baker at times, you know, I, I didn't love him as the number one quarterback in that draft. I originally, like, for the longest time, I was all in on on Sam Darnold. I was like, it's not even close. Uh, but when when I watch Baker, you could kind of see things. Maybe you're kind of hoping like the intangible. He's a football guy, right? Like the he's gonna do back backyard football. He almost kind of reminded me of like a worse Russell Wilson too. Like they're kind of the same size. Um, I think Russell Wilson's arm is is definitely a little bit better, and he's definitely better at pre pre snap stuff. Sam Howell actually had a better arm than I thought he did when he was at you know showing a little bit at the the combine and the pro day. He was making some throws where I was like, okay, all right. And again, I know it's you know it's uncontested stuff, but you watch even some of the stuff from North Carolina, and he was, I mean, he can he can get the ball downfield. I think it's just going to be about accuracy timing is he making the correct read all the stuff that i just i've seen enough of him as as a bears fan i saw enough of that for four years where i'm like all right i've, I've had enough or we're, we're good on um, yeah on seeing that so i agree i think he's going to be a, a you know maybe second round quarterback maybe even the third round um and he could be a good backup i think he could be a really really good backup but i think you saw in terms of Baker Mayfield and his trade value when Deshaun Watson was traded to the Browns, nobody really came and was like paying over like the Colts didn't even want 
Baker Mayfield. Now that could have been, you know, off the field stuff, whatever it, it, it may have been. But I think teams know that that type of player isn't necessarily going to win you games as a starter in the NFL. Yeah. And I think to your Russell Wilson point, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think that's why that's where the Mitch comes in for me, because we always said like, in order to bring the most out of Mitch Trubisky, like if you, if you have that game plan of Russell Wilson and like get him out of the pocket and do, obviously Russ has evolved past that. We were talking like rookie Russell Wilson, like developing him. But the one thing that that's where I sort of felt like, I, I, you said like that sort of Russell Wilson light was like the one thing that Russ has always had is that that touch on his throws. Yeah. It was that perfect bread basket deep throw. Intermediate stuff can still be eh, but it was still like the t- and like that's what Sam Howell doesn't have. So a quarterback that size, you sort of need to be, you know, uh, an overachieving thrower because there are certain limitations to to your game physically and with that being said I think he is the most physically limited quarterback in this draft as well and I think that's where and and as opposed to Baker Mayfield say what you will about you know his height his weight his build he can make all the throws coming out of college even though I was with you I I was a Darnold guy Darnold was my number one that year but no one was doubting Baker Mayfield's just straight arm talent. You know what I mean? It's right. like I'm having doubts about Howell's arm talent. That that's sort of where it's throwing me off uh, even more with him. Um, was there a team that you're like, you know, I, I know it's a little bit tougher to project where you'd like a backup, <laughs> you know, yeah. backup level replacement type player to go. Was there a team that kind of makes sense for him that you saw and you were just like, he would fit this team perfectly? Well, that's that's where I sort of struggled, honestly, with like a lot of these guys, to be quite honest, because and and I was trying I was trying to figure out where I wanted to make the overarching point of like every one of these guys has flaws. And I think that's why to your original point when we opened the, the, the podcast was like, you know, it's not as bad as everyone's saying, but it's certainly not last year's draft. I think that happens when there's not like a consensus number one guy. So it sort of st- tanks all of their values to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, and that's, but that's what made me struggle as to like, who should go where, because every one of these guys needs to be developed. I do have one guy in mind that I think is the most pro ready, but even he isn't going to come in and even be like a Mac Jones pro level, pro ready level type of guy. Um, so without like naming specifics, I, I think someone like Sam Howell would need to be sitting behind somebody for a year or two. And the first team that popped in my head when I was doing the exercise and really the only team now that I, I think would make more sense than when they tried to do it the first go around, because he probably won't be a first round pick, would be someone like Green Bay. Let him sit behind one of the greatest of all time for a couple of seasons. There, he's no like It shouldn't bother Rodgers because it's no threat to him. If you get this guy in the third round, it's, you know, who cares? But that's the type of situation I think he needs to be in, is somewhere where he's going to sit for a year or two and really absorb everything, because I do think his biggest weakness are, is those post, uh, those post-snap reads. Uh, of the defense. Did you have a particular team in mind for him? For most, for most of these, it's going to be Tampa Bay, honestly. Like I just, that's another one. They, yeah. They, they got to, you know, we, we had, you know, we talked about when, you know, we saw Atlanta and Carolina, you know, talking to Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, like all these other guys. And it's just like you and I were, were kind of just like, man, like they had a shot at Justin Fields last year. And it, it almost felt like they just waited a year too long to really start thinking about some of this stuff. I know the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers went with um, 
Kyle Trask, but I mean, I would say Kyle Trask would probably be below all five of these guys in this draft class. Would you, would you, would you disagree with that? Like, no, I, I, I think I, I like Sam Howell better than, than Kyle Trask. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like if you're talking about second tier guys from the last draft class. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking him over. I mean, who was the other one? Except for Davis Mills, uh, he he's exceeded my expectations. Um, Kellen Mond is another one. I would take Sam Howell over. Yeah, I I would agree. Who was uh, who was your number four? Number four for me was Matt. Is it Coral or Corral? I've seen it pronounced both or heard it pronounced both ways. Um, uh, and I think it's Corral. Corral. Okay. Uh, another guy who is on the smaller end in terms of you know quarterback build. Um, where I saw him differ with Sam Howell is that he has a little bit stronger. Well, I, I don't know if it's stronger. It was comparable, but I thought he was more accurate. Um, but his, his actual throwing technique is one of the best in this class. I think, I think it's fun he's very, very fundamentally sound. Um, the biggest red flag for me, and this could, this is where it gets tough when you talk about NFL scouting and, um, you know, like how it translates with college systems and such. Because for a lot of the film that I saw, he was a single read and go guy. If the single read was there and he let it rip, it was like, man, what a fucking throw. But I very rarely saw him go to read two, read three. He would sometimes go to read one, dump off, and then go if they weren't there. But I never saw him consistently read a defense and like get to his second or third read and make a good throw. Um, but again, that could just be what the offensive coordinator or the head coach asked of him. I I don't know their system. I don't watch college well enough, but that was a huge red flag, but I don't know. He, he, he feels like, I don't know. It's, I feel weird to even say this because, because it's going to be, uh, it's going to sound disrespectful, but he feels like this year's like Deshaun Kaiser type of guy where it's like, if he puts it together, I can see him being good. But he's also another guy that's going to take a lot. I mean, I want him to – he can't start right away. I mean, where is he going to go? Like, the destination for me with him, go to the Giants. Be Let, let Daniel Jones finish out his contract. Be under uh, Brian Dable and really be developed. Like, that that's the type of guy I want to be under the wing of a quarterback guru. Like, if, if Bruce Arians – like, Tampa Bay, he, he's not there anymore. But if someone like Bruce Arians, who we know is the goddamn quarterback whisperer, he'd be someone perfect to be under him. Um I certainly wouldn't wouldn't want him to go somewhere that's going to need him to start day one. I just don't think he, you know, he has what it takes to be a day one starter. Uh, who was your number four? Yeah, it was it was Matt Corral as well. Like I said, we're probably going to have some similar views here. Um, for him, yeah, I agree. I think the small stature is going to hurt him. Um, he's definitely a little bit thinner as well. Um, he's a little more loose when it comes to running. Like it kind of looks like he just sort of runs without really a plan. Um, I feel like he's going to turn the ball over quite a bit and get hit, take a lot of unnecessary hits. Um, He also like when he is, so when he's on, he's like really, it looks really good. Like you were saying, like he, he's not afraid to take chances. I just don't think he has the arm strength to make it more worth it more often than not. Right. Like he, when he makes mistakes and turns and throws interceptions, they're bad interceptions. Uh, he also benefits scheme wise, right? Like he, it was a lot of 
you know, run heavy, a lot of RPO stuff at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. If he goes into a system where it's more like an air raid type, is that going to be a good fit for him? He seems really kind of scheme dependent. He also seems like someone, again, who isn't great at making reads and doesn't really necessarily do that. Maybe he wasn't asked to do that as much, but it it's not something that he is as good at as other people in this draft are. His arm strength is better for his is better than I thought it was going to be for his size. If he was just like a little bit bigger, he'd be like a much better prospect. It's unfortunate, but he doesn't hit, you know, he, he needs a lot of feet work correction, that type of stuff. At least some of that is, is teachable, but I think the size thing is, is what's really, really going to hurt him. I saw a lot of comparisons to Taylor Heineke and, and, you know, at first I was like, Come on. And then you start watching it a little bit more and you're like, hey, I kind of I see it. Like he's someone who could maybe go into a playoff game, get you like a 200 yards and like almost win because they score like 13 points. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, actually uh, surprised. I'm actually surprised that Sam Howell didn't get more Taylor Heineke. Because he just has that like and I know n- yeah. not to play the draft generic, but he really does play with that sort of grit. Like he's a tough fucking kid, but he's I don't think he's gonna be that good at football in the NFL. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm surprised I didn't see more of that for for how, but I, I I can see it for Corral as well. Two two twelve weight wise is is that's that's pretty small. That's pretty small for for a quarterback. So I, I like him. Like I think I think you're right. I think he's someone you would need to develop. He's definitely not a day one starter. Definitely not. I but agree. I, if you get him in the right situation, I think he could maybe turn into something that at least a serviceable starter. Like, I think that should be his floor. Serviceable starter. I think that's that's where his floor is. Can it be higher? Probably. But I think it's going to depend on where he goes if teams are willing to, to put in the work to get him to that level. I agree. I totally agree. Um, number three for me, oh, man, and I wanted, if you have it flipped here, I'm just going to roll with you because I wanted to do it so much. Number three for me was Desmond Ritter. The more I watched this kid's film, the more I was like, how in the fuck is he not like even number one to some people? Um, I really wanted to put him number two. I really, really did. Uh, I liked, I liked much more about him than either of the two that we mentioned. But even even potentially my number two, I I, I feel we'll, we'll get into it. But um, what I saw what I saw from him was, uh, I mean, just a really good arm mechanics, really, really good. Great touch at every at every level, intermediate, short, deep. Cannon of an arm, fucking hell of an I, I think he has the second best arm behind Malik Willis in this draft. To be honest, I think he has the, the, the just in terms of pure arm strength. Um, but the one thing that I really saw was like the post snap reads and him being able to sit in the pocket, even with his athleticism, even if it was like off script and having to scramble, he was, he kept his eyes downfield. There was a lot of the same stuff that I liked about Justin Fields coming out of Ohio state. Um, and I think that's the type of stuff that not only I think translates over, it speaks to your ability to grasp your team's offense. You're studying, you're, you're, you're grasping things, you know, how to manipulate, you know, how to, you know, move forward within an offense. And that doesn't mean like 
they have to have that same offense in the NFL. That that gives me the faith that he can learn a new offense in the NFL. Because it, it, when you see those types of things, that's you know that's what it signals to me. Um, he reminded me a lot of Dak Prescott. It made me a more athletic Dak Prescott. Um, and I liked him a ton. But I, I feel the, the comment that you made about Matt Corral, I need Desmond Ritter to gain like 20 pounds, my guy. Yeah. Hit, hit, yeah. hit the weight room, get a little bit more bulky. Because the, the, the one thing about him, the same thing that I said about Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter is not shying away from contact. And that's cute when you're, you know, you're, you're getting hit by an econ major. But when, when fucking, you know, Roquan Smith is running you down, trying to take your head off, you, you got to learn when to give up on the play. And I think that was my biggest red flag for him is he had a little bit of Carson Wentz in him where it was like, not frantic wise, but like, he doesn't know when to give up on plays. Like, and, and it's one of those things where you sort of have to, you, you, that I don't think always changes for quarterbacks to it, to like a full 180. So you have to just hope it get, it turns into a net positive where it's like it's there's going to be some wild ass plays because you just don't ever give up. But maybe we can get you to throw the ball away five times a game when the play's clearly wow. over with instead of like taking a sack or, you know, throw, wow. throwing a bad interception. But other than that, I think he is a phenomenal prospect. I, I think he's someone that I would be comfortable starting week one. I don't think he's going to win you a bunch of games necessarily week one. Just like you said, I don't think there are any, um, you know, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrows that are coming in and like, all right, we're here. But he's someone I would feel comfortable starting in week one um, and, you know, just letting him use that whole year to develop because I think he is at that level where he's ready to, to play in the NFL. Um, I, man, I, I I wouldn't be mad if Carolina got him, but I, that situation is just so bad that I almost think that they would ruin him. Yeah. Because I do want him to be somewhere where he can start, but it's like, do we have any sort of faith that Matt Rule, it, you know, can can get a quarterback right? So I, it, it, again, it, it was tough because I, I think the one thing that I've said and I'll continue to say is when I'm when I'm looking at these guys, this is just me. I could be dead wrong. You can call me an idiot. You can call me stupid. That's fine. I've been called worse. These this is just my synopsis from what I've seen from film. But at the end of the day, I'm never rooting for somebody to fail, right? Even with what I said about Sam Howell. I want people, I want more prospects to be good than bad because that's a better NFL product. I'm an NFL fan at the end of the day, but I'm right. just giving you my unbiased synopsis. So that that's um, and I said that to say, like with um with Ritter, I'm at like a crossroads because I do want him to start right away, but I understand like you if you're in a bad situation, that can ruin you. Cause I think that you know, you you brought up we both have uh, Sam Darnold and how high we were on him coming out of college. And maybe this is me being still a tad bit biased, but I do think the New York experience ruined him more than him just being back, which he is right now a bad quarterback. I'm conceding that, but like that situation played a good amount into that. If not, you know, a majority amount in, into that. So I don't want that for Desmond Ritter. Who was your number three? <laughs> it was, it was Desmond Ritter as well. Uh, so we're, we're just, we're three for three right now. Um, yeah. I, I definitely saw a, a lot of Dak Prescott in his game. Um, I also saw like a little bit of a uh, little, little bit of Alex Smith as well when when he first started coming out. Like the athleticism is there, right? The four five two forty. That's that's great. Obviously, that arm strength though. There's just like I feel like he's gonna have to be in a in on a on a team that is allows for more of the short passing game. And you're right. He needs to absolutely put on weight. Like even Dak coming out was uh, he was six two, 
uh, Ritter's one inch taller, and he was, uh, I think he's like 212. Dak was 226. So that's what that, I was going to say. He just doesn't have that, like, he's got the, he, he's a very slender frame, which, yes. you know, so that, that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a double edged sword, right? Like, the athleticism is one of the things that you and I both really like about him, right? Like, he looks like someone who can, you know, escape the pocket, make some plays happen with his legs, has enough arm strength, I think to be a good intermediate to short game passer um, and, and occasionally hit the deep ball when needed. I just don't think he's like, he's not fitting it into any windows or anything like that. Like it, it's just, that's not there for him. But if you put on that additional 10, 15, 20 pounds, how does that affect his mobility? Right? Like, is it going to make him a little slower? Maybe he's not, maybe he's not running a four five two. Maybe it's, you know, four, six, eight or something like, or, you know, a little bit slower. Like it, it's, you know, but he does need to put on weight or else he's not going to be able to start in the NFL and survive. It's just not, it's not going to happen. I, I like him. I, I do. I just, I think I have a propense. I, I, I have a preference towards strong armed, like guys who can just fit it into windows because that, Tech, Josh Allen was was a prospect I, I really liked. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it, I wouldn't put him as quarterback one. I'm so glad he didn't go to the Browns because uh, I don't think he would be who he is today. I agree. Right. Like they wouldn't have. It just wouldn't have worked. He, he, arm strength. You can't really teach that. Right. The mechanical stuff, the footwork stuff. If If someone if you have the right fit, the right teacher, if you have a guy who wants to put in the work to make it work. You got something special. So for Ritter, you know, like I said, I think he's he could be a really good short game. Like he could be Alex Smith. I think that should be his his realistic ceiling. So he's not going to be your quarterback who comes into Indianapolis at two and fourteen and turn them around to eleven and five. He's going to need the correct pieces around him. It's going to be very important for them for whoever drafts him, whether it's you know whether it's Seattle whether it's Carolina, whether it's Atlanta, they're they're going to need to put those pieces around him to make it work. I agree. And at, that Alex Smith comp is actually, I think, perfect. I think it's better than my Dak Prescott comp. Um, and, you, and your big arm comment, I think we're going in the same direction here in terms of rankings because I, I feel the exact same way. Um, number two for me was Kenny Pickett. Um and I think Kenny Pickett is the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft, with Desmond Ritter being the second most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. And that's where I sort of struggled ranking them. I liked, I liked, part of me just feels like it's it's almost shallow because it was a it, part of it was sort of, sort of a build thing for me. Kenny Pickett looks the part. He looks like a fucking big NFL quarterback. But but they they had like very similar games, in my opinion. You know, very good off script. I really liked what I saw out of Kenny Pickett. Um, he's the one that actually reminded me a lot of Russell Wilson. Uh, not necessarily size wise, just like play style wise. Um, you know, or even like a who was the other one I had? Uh, like Derek Carr, almost like uh, off script. It felt like Russell Wilson, but when he was on script with plays and he was reading a defense, I was like, that really felt like Derek Carr. Cause he didn't have like the strongest arm, but it's not certainly not the weakest arm. I don't think he has like a Malik Willis or a, uh, 
or even like a Desmond. I think Desmond Ritter has a stronger arm than him. Um, but he, it's somewhere in between there, which is a very good NFL arm. But part of me was just like seeing a 6'3", 225. I mean, he just looks like the guy. Whereas like I'm looking at Ritter and I'm like, you're very, you're built very slender. And that kind of, that kind of scares me because you don't really see that succeeding. I mean, the most success we've seen, especially in recent times, is probably Lamar Jackson. Uh, and now he's dealing with injuries. Hopefully those aren't lingering. And, and it was just a coincidence this year. But he's a slender guy. Even like people like to point to Mike Vick. Mike Vick was just very mobile. You look at the build of Mike Vick. That was a big boy. That was an NFL quarterback build right there. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he was an NFL build. Um, but no, all in all, I really liked what I saw out of Kenny Pickett. I thought his fundamentals were phenomenal. I, I also think this is part of the reason why I think he is the, the most pro ready. I thought he had the most flawless footwork in the draft. I thought he manipulated the pocket the best out of anybody. Um, I thought he was the best at knowing when to go off script. It, it wasn't like one read and go like Matt Corral. It wasn't like, you know, sort of frantic or um, what was the word you used? Like random almost like, yeah, like yeah. Sam Howell, off like scripts, that type of thing. Yeah. His off script felt like I went through my reads and now I'm going to go and try to make a play. Um, but I guess that sort of leaves who our number, who my number one is. I think the biggest difference for me was I don't see his ceiling as being super high um, in comparison to my number one. So I thought the best fit for him, and I think this is just the way that the draft gods are lining it all up. I think he's going to Pittsburgh. He played in Pitt. He's from Pitt. He's going there. I think that's a good fit for them. Most pro-ready guy. They're still com you know competitors. Like, honestly... If, if uh, the, the Patriots didn't go last year, he'd be a perfect fit for them as well. Like the, this type of quarterback is who the contenders who maybe, you know, were around 500, didn't play up to expectations, had an old quarterback that left or whatever. These are the guys that they go after because they can just get in, plug right in. My floor is now Mac Jones, which is very fucking good. You know what I mean? Like, and I look at him in that same manner. There's going to be a contender that goes for him because the ceiling may not be that high, but his floor is the highest out of everyone in this draft, I think. Yeah, uh, I'll get to him in a second because my number two was uh, was Malik Willis. Oh, um, that's our big difference. That's uh, you know, I I figured you'd probably have have my boy Kenny at number two, um, because you because you hate white quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd say it first before you said the other one. Um, so I wanted I wanted to be a little bit different, but I I, I do. This is kind of where I was talking a little bit earlier, where you and I may look at this through a different lens. Right. Like if you're in in a dynasty league, right, I know it's going to be tempting to take Malik Willis. If your team is like right there, right, and you have like the number three pick or four pick and you're just like, man, I could just get another quarterback, a starting quarterback. I, I think my team could be pretty good. Go with Kenny Pickett. Like Kenny Pickett, I think he's going to start from day one, even if he gets drafted by the Steelers. He's going to beat out Mitch. He's he's a much better quarterback at this point than Mitch Trubisky. It's so it's it's weird to me. I, I mean, I guess it's not that weird because Joe Burrow obviously went on to win the the national championship game. But like Kenny Pickett almost had the exact same rise that that Joe Burrow did, where he just like you know he threw like twenty touchdowns, thirteen interceptions in in his you know his last season, and then. You know, he's turns 24. He's a redshirt senior, comes out and throws for like 40 touchdowns and like minimizes turnovers. 
in pits, like you were saying, in pit. So it's not like he's in. So obviously the biggest thing with Kenny Pickett is the hand size, right? Everybody's making a big deal out of that. I was going to ask you that as well. Do you have any, like, I know the draft experts get a hard on for shit like that. <sighs> it's, Has that ever it, been limiting? Like they said Donovan McNabb had small hands. He was a fucking good quarterback. I just, I don't yeah. quite. If, if it was, if it wasn't like the smallest by like a country mile, <laughs> like then I don't, like if it was like, you know, eight and, five eighths or something like that. Like eight and a half is, is pretty small, but he, he comps for that with the gloves. He's used to throwing with gloves. We saw Peyton Manning throw with gloves. Did he it, have small hands? Work. Did Peyton Manning have small hands? No, 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 no. He, oh, no. Okay. he was just, he was just old and he was, you know, getting, getting cold fingers. Uh, but he played a pit, right? So like any concerns that people may have, like he can't play in cold weather when the ball is going to be a little bit chillier. Like he's got, you know, that's what the gloves are for. He's not playing in, Cal, you know, wearing wearing gloves or anything like that. Like he's used to playing in cold weather environments. So I I think you can almost kind of kind of write it off a little bit. Plus the arm strength is there. You said Derek Carr, and that's exactly who I see, right? Like he doesn't have the precision or maybe even as much arm strength as Joe Burrow. But I do see a lot of similarities in how they play. Um He's definitely more at, like you saw. I mean, you saw the run that he that he had in that bowl game where it, I don't think it should have been legal. <laughs> you know, the fake slide and everything. Yeah, that's like a little. That, that's pretty. Cra- I, I've never seen that. That's pretty crafty. And I, I, athletically, that is fucking yeah. insane to stop to be able to slide. That's nuts. Yeah, to be able to do that. You know, like not without tripping or falling or anything like that, and then keep and then basically turn it on right afterwards to keep going. I. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, he obviously didn't have like superstar playmakers around him. There's not going to be a lot of, you know, pit wide receivers getting drafted this year. So that's just something I like too. Like that tells me that he's elevating guys around him. He's making plays work with maybe not the best talent, which he will have in the NFL. So yeah, I mean, I just spoiled my number one, I guess, by talking about I mean, there were Kenny only Pickett. two. Yeah, there were only two options. There were only two options. <laughs> but left. you just talked about him, so I figured I'd, I'd talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally see the Derek Carr uh, comparison. I think, like I said, whether he goes to the Seahawks, whether he goes to Carolina, if he goes to see uh, Pittsburgh, he'll be a starter day one, unless he's going to fucking like Tampa Bay or Green Bay or something like that, where there's a clearly established quarterback one. If he goes yeah. to Atlanta, he's beating out Marcus Mariota. He, I think at the end of the day, he will be the best quarterback from this draft. I also wouldn't be shocked if he goes number two to Detroit. I think he, I like, because he may not, that, that may be one scenario with a non-contender that he may not start day one. And that's let also not take, the worst. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like off, take the hits and. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't have to be the whole year, but once maybe you're out of contention, or if he just flat out beats Goff in a, because tr- I think that would be one that's a true quarterback competition. If he goes to, if he goes to Pitt, he's beating just like he said, he's beating out Mitch, he's beating out these guys, he's beating out Mariota. It's basically all but his. That may be better for him if he actually has to win a competition against the guy. You know, we we did our quarterback rankings, but I don't think either of us looks at Jared Goff as like a complete bum. He's a serviceable quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So that could be best for him, but. Obviously, we'll talk your number two, my number one, um, Kenny, uh, I was with Kenny Pickett, uh, Malik Willis. Um, I mean, this dude, this, this is the best arm 
I, I mean, of the last, just pure arm talent, arm strength of the last, what, three or four years? I mean, Herbert has a good arm. Burrow has a good arm. They don't have rockets. This dude has a fucking missile attached to his right shoulder. I mean, this guy, you know, and, and the first thing that I saw of him before I took a deep dive uh, into the film and such was the pro days. Everyone's like, oh, look at his arms. I'm like, ah, come on. It's it's not, you know, it's, he doesn't have the shoulder pads on. You put on the film, it looks the exact fucking same. I mean, this dude, he reminded me a lot of Jay Cutler. Some some in the good ways with the arm strength and even like some of that deep ball touch, but some in the bad. But it's early enough in his career to get things like this turned around. And, and the biggest thing for me was he doesn't, throw the ball unless he visibly sees a wide receiver open. He doesn't have that like yeah. anticipatory type of mindset, but a lot of the times it's hard to tell. And again, I've made this point with other quarterbacks. It's hard to tell if it's because it's your limitation as a quarterback or it's your, your weapons limitation. He was at Liberty for God's sake. Like it could just be his weapons limitation there. And he knows that he can't throw them open because they don't have that ability. We'll see more if that's really a trait of his or just him knowing what was around him uh, while he was in college once he gets there. But I thought the good way outweighed the bad for me. Um, obviously, I think he's the best pure athlete in this draft as well that happens to have the best fucking arm in this draft. I mean, it was very hard for me to not have him number one um, because I just think he has the highest ceiling. I mean, his ceiling, is I, I don't see anyone else's ceiling coming close. Like for him... For him, his ceiling to me is NFL superstar, whereas I don't see anyone else here being NFL superstar. I can see Kenny Pickett being top 10, top five if he develops right. I can see, but even when we talk about top fives, like Big Ben was top five for a few years in his career. No one's ever mistaking him for uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Like that, that's, that's not a knock on him. That's just saying when you're talking about the elite of the elite, I don't see Pickett or Ritter. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Pickett or Ritter being in that class. But Willis, I can see him. If he develops, I can see that being that that type of ceiling. I think the reason why some people can be lower on him is that I also think he has one of the lowest floors of this draft as well. Uh, <laughs> it, it, real life-wise, fantasy-wise, his floor is fine because he's the best He's going to get the rushing class. yards. Yeah. yeah. Like, like fantasy-wise, his floor is Jalen Hurts. Um and fantasy-wise, his ceiling is like Lamar Jackson MVP year for a whole fucking career. Like, that, that's his ceiling fantasy-wise. But, like, real life-wise, I think his floor is someone like, uh, I don't even want to say Jay, because I don't think Jay's floor was as bad as people say it was. Like, his floor, I mean, who was who, who someone off the top of your head that you can think of that had, that had, like, all the arm talent but just never put Jamarcus anything, Russell. like, Jamarcus Russell type of thing? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But but he won't have those character issues, I, I can't that's, imagine. That's <laughs> what I, I, I don't imagine him being a, a not hard worker. Like, everything about his game to me seems hardworking. Like, he doesn't have he, – he doesn't seem to skate the way because he's the most athletic guy. Like, for as athletic as he is – he wasn't the one read and go guy like Matt Corral. I saw him sit in the pocket and he wasn't always the best at making the reads and that's fine, but it's, you know, all of you guys have their flaws, but it's like, he wasn't being reliant consistently. Like, Oh, here's my one read. I'm faster than everybody here. The fuck I go. Cause he could do that if he wanted to, 
You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. to a point where like me and you were saying this about Justin Fields last year, where it's like, Justin, I get you want to read defenses, but my guy, you run a four fucking one or whatever. Like sometimes you got a one read and go, my guy. Like you got like I almost feel like I'm gonna be saying that about Malik Willis a few times if he winds up in Detroit, where it's like you don't have the greatest weapons. Like, bro, don't try to read shit. Get your first two reads and run, man. Like <laughs> that's all you gotta do this season. Um, but no, I I think his ceiling is so, so high. Um, but I, I mean I know people may even find it contradictory, probably from the both of us, but well, he's only six feet, but he's six feet to 20. He's a stocky six feet. Like he's not a slender build guy. Like if you didn't know how tall he was and just looking at his physique and his build, you would think that's an NFL player right there. Yeah. Versus like Matt Corral, even though he's six two, it's like that slender, you know, th- 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 those two inches and 10 pounds visually look very different in terms of build wise. Um, so I'm excited for him, man. I, I I mean, I think Detroit, I think that's a really good destination for him. He would be the first quarterback off the board unless someone leaps them to go number one and pick somebody else. But I mean, I, they haven't shown obviously just yet if they can develop a quarterback, but Dan Campbell, I don't have like red flags of like, no, he absolutely can't, you know, groom a quarterback. I, I would love, I think that's a match made in heaven, just personality wise, to be quite honest with you. I would love it. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you the perfect fit for, for Malik Willis. And, and before I do, I'm going to make sure that it's, it's viable. Fifth pick, New York Giants. I'm not mad at that either. Come on. Cause he Come has on. a that's, lot of that Josh Allen, the big arm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's I mean, that's Josh Allen was ceiling as well. Yeah. Jo- Josh Allen was obviously much, much bigger than, than, uh, than Josh Malik Allen Willis. Is defensive end, correct. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which one are you talking about? Uh, no, J- Josh Allen, obviously coming out of Wyoming, was like he he was much bigger. He he had the size already. Malik is definitely a little bit different, but their their play styles are so similar. They both got that that rocket arm. I I love the way Malik plays. Don't get don't get me wrong. I just have I, I've never really. And, 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 you know, maybe this will change at some point, but I still haven't seen the division two quarterbacks come in and, and do make that transition. Like it, you know, we talked about, it, you know, first really came up with Wentz. It was like, well, you know, forget that he played at North Dakota State. Like he he's he's legit. And he was for a little bit. And then things kind of started to break down. He won an MVP. That's that's great. They didn't win a Super Bowl with him. They won it with Nick Foles, obviously. Then, you know, Trey Lance was the the next big thing. You know, small schools guy, doesn't really matter. We haven't really seen him play, right? Malik Willis is kind of starting to follow that trend. I feel like he's definitely going to go to a situation where he sits. And I think the Giants would be perfect for that, right? Like he gets to sit behind Daniel Jones if, you know, if he's unable to beat him out. I think the best player should should play regardless but if the Giants are just like listen we're gonna give Daniel Jones kind of let see what we got in him but we're gonna give him some competition I mean if they draft their own quarterback of course it's 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 pretty much over I think it's over for Daniel Jones regardless he's not that's not who they drafted right Brian Dable is gonna want his own guy I think he's gonna have a hard time passing on Malik Willis when he he's gonna see a little bit of that because I mean Josh has that personality right like he's running around he's having fun you saw that with Malik Willis too on that pro day like he he did he's, you know running left across his body drops like a 70 yard bomb for a touchdown it's it 
it was it was crazy. And he then he's running down the field. He looks like he's just having a good time. Like he just enjoys playing football. So I think the Giants are going to be a, would would be an absolutely perfect fit. If the Lions decide to take him, I wouldn't be mad about it because, like you said, I think him and Dan Campbell could could work together. I just I just think the Giants would just be such a such a good fit. I, I like his receiving options in Detroit a little bit better than what they have in New York right now. Um, but yeah, I I like him. I like him. I just I'm a little more cautious. I, I you know. In the, if if this was the 2021 draft, I would probably have put it'd probably be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey. I'd probably put Trey at number three still, right? Then I'd probably go Kenny, Malik, Mac Jones, and then Zach Wilson Ooh, at the bottom. I don't know. I'd have Mac. I'd have Mac. I don't know. I, let, I, let, I, let, 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 let me let me word it this way. I. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, maybe Trey Lance. I, yeah. But this is a hindsight thing. I was very high. He was my number two. It was like 2A and 2B with him and Fields. Um, but definitely Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones would have been the number one for me, hands down, in this draft. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm, I'm taking a I'm, recency bias. But I also did watch a game where Mac Jones threw the ball three times, so... That, that that's you don't know no. we're gonna get hate we're gonna get hate for this again frank that that's People are gonna fair come at I, will, us. I i will say though they i i, mean, I would have never predicted any nfl quarterback in today's nfl throwing three passes <laughs> but my my overarching point is i knew they were going to be very conservative with him because they did this with tom brady as well they, right. they do this with young quarterbacks even like when brady was out and matt castle was in they weren't like airing the ball out they start to really play into the pieces that they have the non-quarterback pieces and like try to win from there they like that's one team that knows how to develop quarterbacks and sometimes it's to the detriment of like our viewing pleasure (laughs) but they still know how to win games in in the process of doing that um because you you think of him being in like a more pass happy offense like I think he would have put up similar numbers if not better numbers than Trevor Lawrence had he had the opportunity to throw the ball as much I'd still, I'd still, I think I'd still rather have Kenny Pickett at this point than Mac Jones. Cause like, wow. like I said, I think, I think, I think Mac Jones and Malik Willis, if I'm being completely honest, because when it comes to Mac, I just, there's just something that I'll, I still think he's good. I don't get me wrong. I still think he's a very good quarterback, but his ceiling is just so capped. Like, like we talked about. If Mac, if if Kenny Pickett can be Derek Carr, to me that's better than than Mac Jones, currently, right? What was Mac Jones's ceiling? I, I I didn't really. I mean, his ceiling was his his floor, and he landed in the perfect spot that can capitalize on that. I, so agreed. like people, I I think people are gonna take the team's success if they win a Super Bowl or two with him at quarterback. It's like, see, you guys were fucking wrong, and it's like, no, this is exactly like. You're taking what we're saying in the in the most negative way that you can, and I think we're saying it in the most positive way. I think Mac Jones is Alex Smith right now. Maybe a little bit less. Without athletic, the athlete, but I, I was going to say Alex Smith was a really good athlete, and I don't think. Yeah, but I get don't, what you're don't saying. get it twisted. Don't. I, I'm talking like I'm talking like Kansas City Alex Smith, or maybe even San Francisco, like later in, on in San Francisco, where it's just like. He's got he's got the pieces around him to be really good. That's what we thought would happen with Mac Jones. Like, don't get it twisted. He's a good prospect. He's better than Zach Wilson, right? 
But I'd still rather have Malik Wills' ceiling and his floor over Mac Jones. I don't know about that one. It, because And I love Malik. He's my number one in this draft, but I'm just saying, like... It's it's I it's it's all about preference, right? It, it and it also does really matter on team fit. Like if if Malik ends up in in Pittsburgh, I'll feel a lot better about that than Mac Jones in, in, I would in too. That New would England. Be but phenomenal. but if Malik Willis ends up in Atlanta with Ryan Pace, I'm rethinking it because they definitely didn't draft the right quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. I also the what kind of really car does Malik Willis own? Does he own a 1990 Camry? I if he does, I need him to buy a fucking G wagon yesterday because there's I he can't go to Atlanta and be ruined. I also don't the place that I want him to go even. I don't know what the right word that the place that I don't want him to go even more. I feel like that sounds weird. Is Carolina ruin Matt Corral? Matt Rule, I don't fucking ruin my boy Malik. You understand me? My boy Malik has too high of a ceiling to be fucking ruined ruined by Matt Rule. See, that's see, that's the thing with with why I think I have Kenny over Malik uh, at the end of the day, and I think Kenny is almost team proof. Like I think he can kind of go anywhere except for like Baltimore. You know it. Not that they wouldn't change their offense for him, but like he's not going to be that RPO running style quarterback. But I think he's more of a traditional NFL passer with a good amount of athleticism. Like he can move. I think so, if he you know, if he ends up in Carolina, I think he can succeed regardless of Matt Rule. I see, do. But that's that that's almost a bad thing though, because then you're keeping it, you're stringing along a bad head coach. If he's able to win more, I'm not you know saying what I mean? that's what like, I want to happen. I, I'm oh just, no, no, I'm just telling I, I, you. I think I, I think it, it could work. I, I think I, I, I totally get what you're saying. He's the only one that could save Matt Rule's job, in my opinion. If, if Matt Rule is truly on the hot seat for one year, Kenny's really the only quarterback that could go in and start winning games right away. Like you're not going to get that from Howell. You're not going to get that from Ritter. He's the most pro ready for me, so I I agree with that statement in a vacuum, but I think the one thing that we, we sort of delegate um, credit to, to people when, when players progress, but ultimately it's the player's credit as well because they're taking in this sort of, yes. um, you know, feedback or critique and they're working on their game outside. Like the coach isn't with them. You know, Brian Dable wasn't with Josh Allen every second of the day, making sure he's working out in the off season. And like, so I, I, I my only pushback to that is that players still get better on their own and like study and they work with other players on other teams or even players on their own team throughout off seasons. And they're doing their own thing. If Malik Willis can find his ceiling without that sort of guidance, he could also be that sort of player. I don't think that will be day one. Cause it's not like today. It's not the case, but he could also be in a, and because his ceiling is so high, he could be in a scenario in which that you describe, like he can go in and start winning games Maybe not year one, but year two and beyond when he has a chance to feel a full season, to be a, a part of a full offseason program. Um, but those two, I mean, to, I, 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 if anyone had, well, I, I'm lying because I like Desmond Ritter a lot as well. Those three, if you if you don't have those three in your top three, I don't know what you're viewing. Because to me, Sam Howell and, um, and Matt, Matt Corral are distant four and fives. Very Listen, distant. I mean, there's a, there's, clear, there's a clear tier difference there, I think. When when Ryan Pace gets his boy get, gets Arthur Smith up out of there, right, and he brings in Matt Nagy to to coach up Malik Willis. God, but, you just painted that's 
<laughs> Could you imagine if they hire man? Even if he goes, he, there's no way he gets a head coaching job. I, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. No way. No way. No way. That athletic or that athletic article is is coming. I guarantee. I hope it, it is. Uh, I hope Frank, it is. Be, before we before we end this podcast, because I did mention I wanted to talk a little dynasty. Um, so just really quickly, what you know. On the on the five quarterbacks we talked about, right? Like, let's just do a traditional one, first round, second round, third round. Forget the fourth round. I, I don't, you know, it is what it is. I don't know if anyone's ever come out of the fourth round with like a gem, you know, a, a diamond in the rough. So let's just say you, you know, you have twelve picks in the first round, twelve in the second, twelve in the third. How high would you use, you know, a pick on Sam Howell or uh, let's, you know, um, Matt Corral? I know, um, I know it's going to be dependent on where guys go draft-wise, obviously, but let's just say they go to the, the most ideal situation they could possibly go to. For, for me, second round, um, potentially late first and a super flex. Like, if it's just a one-quarterback league, you're talking late second, third round. Uh, in, in a super flex, I can see anywhere from, like, 110 to, you know, late second. Uh, would be, But even if they land in the most ideal situation, if anyone – because, like, super flex – you're usually going one, one and one, two or quarterbacks when you're really high on them, unless there's like a crazy, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase prospect. Then you, then you entertain other, uh, you know, other picks, even, even if they go number two, if they're the first off the board, you don't, you don't pick them one, one just talent wise, in my opinion. I mean, do you, do you feel similarly? Yeah. I, I was thinking maybe like a mid second for, for Howell. Like he's a guy that, you know, I, I know Trey Lance fell a little bit. So did Zach Wilson, you know, obviously once they kind of landed where they did, people avoided them a little bit more. Um, I know both fell into the second round in, in one of our leagues. So um, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe even a little bit less, like I, I wouldn't be trading up to get one of these, one of no. these two quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter, on the other hand, I think a late first definitely warrants that if he lands, you know, in Pittsburgh or. And but you know what the thing is though? I'm telling you, even in the most ideal situation, I would go, I would pick him mid first, easily one, five, one, six. People are going to think that's a reach. Yeah. Wherever yeah, you take this whoever kid first drafts, and, everybody's going to come at you and be like, come on, man, what are you, <laughs> what are you doing? But I, you I, loved, I love what I saw on film, man. Yeah. Really and then, did. and then of course, Willis and Pickett will both, you know, go, go super they high. They need to be top, top for their top five picks in, in a super flex easily. I don't think, I don't think Willis goes less than like I don't think Pickett goes before Willis at all. Even though I think he should, but I think Willis will go a lot at one one, especially compared to. Well, to the Pickett. only thing is though, Jack, you got to think fantasy wise. Again, he has the highest floor fantasy wise because he can get away with completing fifty percent of his passes. Because if they develop an offense to use his legs, he's gonna score a lot of fucking points in fantasy. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. So that's that definitely leads to why, you know, Malik, it, unless you're trying to win sooner rather than later, because I, uh, yeah, I think Malik I mean, will sit. But it just depends on, on what you're looking for. I just wanted to kind of gauge your value in case people were, were sitting yeah. out there like, God damn, I need a quarterback. But where should I yeah. where should I take him? So, you know, I, I totally get it. You picking the white quarterback to go. See, I already first. took the joke, though. Like, I already turned it on its head you just hate white quarterbacks so that's that's your thing all right i'm not going to judge you for that 
<laughs> but no, uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Corked Up Podcast. Uh, next week, we'll be either be doing uh, Dynasty running backs or Dynasty wide receivers. Um, both will be will be really fun. We'll we'll have a lot of guys to talk about because uh, Frank and I need to find some running backs out there, as as everyone does. These it's it's rough out there. So, Frank, appreciate it. Talk to you next week, man. Absolutely. And, and everyone, my parting thoughts are, you know, take our running back rankings truly with a grain of salt because Kylan Hill was my number five last year and he went in the seventh round. So everyone enjoy. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. We'll talk to you next time.